Praise God, brothers and sisters. Before I get into the word today, I wanted to share a short story, kind of a funny story. Um, I was texting one of my good friends the other day, and we were on the topic of face masks. We were talking about wearing face masks in public. Now, some of you know what it's like to be working right now during this coronavirus. Um, if you actually are one of these unfortunate essential workers, please raise your hand. There you go. Yeah, they showed no mercy. I was coming to work earlier. I didn't have no break. I was an essential worker. And they started giving us these rules. You need to wear a face mask. You need to start sanitizing. You need to start wearing gloves. In fact, you need to start washing your hands. And I had people tell me, I don't think you, you, uh, you sung your ABCs. You washed your hands a little bit fast there, Dennis. And so we had all of these rules given to us and all of this PPE, personal protection equipment. And if, if you know where I'm going in this, today we're talking about our spiritual PPE. Sorry for that kind of a corny joke there. And so I was texting my friend, and he's actually an electrician. And if you are working in construction, I think you got it the worst. He sent me this photo of what his PPE looks like, and the joke goes like this. So he has his glasses on, and he also has his mask on. On top of his glasses and mask, he has goggles. And on top of his goggles, he has this scrub on, and it's covering the top of his forehead right here. And on top of his goggles, he has another mask on. And then he also has this face shield that you guys know you wear it around here, and it's like a legit face shield in front of you. And you can just barely see these little holes through the glasses from where he can see, because it's drenched in sweat. If you're working in construction, you got it the worst out of all of us. Brothers, probably no sisters. Brothers, you got it the worst, those of you who are in construction. And a lot of these rules seem really redundant, don't they, brothers and sisters? A lot of these rules seem like they are for pretense. A lot of these rules seem like they're just for show. What do I mean? No, I probably have been touching my face more than I ever have in my life right now because of this mask, brother and sister. As I am working, I am constantly adjusting my mask, touching my face, fixing it, and if you wear glasses, your glasses are fogging up and you're touching your face even more than I am. And in a sense, you're thinking, what is the point of wearing a face mask if now I'm touching my face more than ever before? And a lot of the times you think, what is the point of these rules? If it's to, be, if it's to protect us from this virus, why does it seem to be doing the opposite? But what I want to tell you today is this. The spiritual armor and protection that you and I wear as Christians is not redundant. The spiritual armor that you and I as Christians wear is necessary. And each and every single one of them has a useful purpose. And God has put it there for us. So as we read about this spiritual armor, and as we kind of think ironically about this protection that we're wearing now during this virus, I want you to know that the spiritual armor God has prepared for us is necessary. It's useful. It, is, it does not hinder us. It is not for show, but it's all very invaluable to each and every single one of us. And so beginning in Ephesians chapter 6, I just want to quickly read through once again this series that we have begun on the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at Verse 10, reading down to 14. Finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. As Bogdan was saying earlier in this service, today we're going to look at the breastplate of righteousness. But before we do that, I wanted to do a short summary of what we've been hearing these last couple of weeks. If you recall, it was Alex Slobodyanyuk who opened up this series, and he talked about spiritual warfare very generally. He looked at the very broad picture of spiritual warfare And knowing that, let's read verse 10, 11, and 12 again very quickly. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Alex was telling us this. Every single one of us in our lives daily, whether it's in obedience to our parents as children, whether it's in obedience to our employers as employees, or whether it's to those who are married and have families, every single one of us has opportunities and every single one of us has this spiritual battle going on in our lives. This is a spiritual battle that is present at work, it's present at school, it's present at home, It's present absolutely everywhere we go, and this is a warfare that is invisible. This is a spiritual warfare that you and I do not see, and we're wrestling with something that is more in regards to, like Andre was saying, the rules and the laws of God. Our warfare revolves around the principles of the spiritual laws and rules of God. Our warfare is invisible. Alex was telling us about the importance of building godly habits. If you recall, he was sharing that story about boot camp. He had read that book on, what was it, a boot camp, and he said, what was one of the most important skills there? It was to make your bed every single day. He said one of the most important skills to learn in boot camp was to make your bed every single day. Why? Because it's the little things that mess you up, and it is true when it comes to our spiritual warfare. We are fighting to build godly habits, brothers and sisters. We are fighting to spend time in the Word of God every single day, brothers and sisters. We are fighting to build a godly habit of prayer and fasting and fellowship with the saints in the church. Our Christian warfare begins with the small things, brothers and sisters. Also, Alex was letting us know that our victory is guaranteed. Alex was letting us know that our victory is guaranteed in Jesus Christ. He was letting us know that we will not lose when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. We cannot lose in the will of God. We will win. Likewise, Stan, he was focusing on something more specific. He was looking at what we would call the belt of truth. Stan was telling us that this belt of truth is like putting on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
It is like putting on the armor of light. And as we walk in the light, this is how we gird our loins with truth. He was, he was letting us know that the soldier walks around in a man dress. I don't know if I would use that word. I would say it's a tunic. The soldiers would walk around with a tunic, and it was long, and it did flow a little bit. And before you went to battle, you had to take all the loose ends. You had to take everything that was flowing and everything that, wasn't, that was still loose, and you had to gird it together around your waist. If you went out to fight in a battle, you didn't want to get tangled. You didn't want to get caught. You didn't want someone to grab your tunic while you were fighting. So you had to gird your waist with truth. You had to gird your loins together. And that's what Stan was talking about. And today, we're going to look at the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Stan was right when he said, Paul has listed these pieces of armor in the specific order that the soldiers put it on. It is true that you as a Roman soldier always started first with girding your loins. After you girded your loins, you then put on this breastplate, this leather breastplate that very often had things put into it, things like bones and things like hooves and very sharp, just kind of these strong bones they would put in between this leather breastplate. And it was to protect what? To protect your heart. It was to protect everything that is most vital in your body, you could say. Everything that was central right here to your being. That part that is the biggest and easiest to hit. It was to protect your heart, to protect your chest. And after you've done that, then you put on the shoes, the sandals, or the boots of peace. And after that, you put on the shield, the helmet, and the sword. But as we study these parts of the armor, we get a clue of what each, what each and every single one of them does from other places in the scripture. What do I mean? In the case of the helmet, for example, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, that the helmet of salvation is actually the hope of our salvation. And so as you're wearing this helmet of salvation, what you're really wearing is the hope of your salvation. You are guarding your mind from the doubts that would plague you about your salvation, brothers and sisters. We see that the breastplate of righteousness is described as the breastplate of faith and love as well in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. And so we see that this righteousness, this breastplate of righteousness is something a little bit different from just the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What do I mean? Yes, it is true that when we believe in Jesus Christ and we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he imputes to us his righteousness. This is true. This is 100% true. This is accurate. And this is the only way that we inherit eternal life. But when we read here in this passage that you and I are to put on the breastplate of righteousness, it's talking about something a little bit different. What is it talking about? And so, this is where we can turn to another piece of Scripture. And this is where I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The breastplate of righteousness that you and I are to wear every single day 
involves your conformity to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The breastplate that I put on every single day, brothers and sisters, as a Christian, involves my godly conduct and habits that are in conformity to Jesus Christ. You see, you are in deception if you believe that as a Christian you can live however you want, brothers and sisters. You are deceived and you are confused and you are mistaken if you believe that as a Christian you can live however you want, brothers and sisters. We see that the armor protects the heart and spiritually speaking we understand this breastplate of righteousness is that which figuratively and spiritually protects that which is most dear to us. We are guarding our hearts, brothers and sisters. And what does this mean? This means that you and I are not allowing our eyes to see everything that it wants to see, brothers and sisters. That means that you and I are not allowing our ears to receive everything that the flesh wants to receive, brothers and sisters. It means you are not feeding your flesh everything that it wants, brothers and sisters. To put on the breastplate of righteousness means to live in conformity to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When you and I receive the Holy Spirit, God begins to change us from the inside out. And he starts conforming us to that same righteousness. And every single day, you and I are making a decision to walk in righteousness. Every single day, you and I are making a decision to walk in obedience, to walk in faithfulness, and to walk in loyalty to the rules and laws that God has given us, brothers and sisters. This is not simply talking about the righteousness Christ has given to you that you can wear and live however you want and God will protect your heart. That is not what it's talking about here. Here it is talking about a godly lifestyle, a godly conduct, godly habits that are your best defense from the temptations of the devil. There is no greater defense to the temptations that the devil would throw at you. His fiery darts and his fiery arrows cannot reach you or pierce you if you are already practicing holiness, brothers and sisters. Every single day when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we are putting on all of the godly behaviors that we know we need to be obedient to, brothers and sisters. That's what the breastplate of righteousness is all about. And so when he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, he is saying this, as you are living and walking as a soldier in Christ, let's put that analogy in there, as you are battling as a soldier in Christ, always be ridding yourself from the defilements of this world, brothers and sisters. If there's one thing I could tell you today, and it's something that you probably know very well, true born-again Christians here, it is this. The day that you repented, you did not become perfect. The day that you repented and trusted in Jesus Christ, you did not become perfect and sinless, brothers and sisters. In fact, as you began to grow in Jesus Christ, you more and more noticed how more sinful you really were. As you began to grow in Jesus Christ, you began to notice how more wretched you were, how more filthy you were, how more evil and wicked your flesh actually is, brothers and sisters. Is that not so? Is that not true, brothers and sisters? 
To this day, I can say wholeheartedly that I am worse than I thought I was when I first repented as a young teenager, brothers and sisters. When I first repented as a teenager, what were the big sins in my life? It was don't cuss, don't smoke, don't drink, and stop watching pornography. Those were the big sins as a teenager. And as I have grown in Christ, I have seen that is not the only sins that disgust God. Those are not the only sins that are blasphemous to God. Envy is idolatry brothers and sisters. Did you know that being jealous for things that do not belong to you is considered idolatry to God? Did you know that covetousness is disgusting to God? Did you know that the scriptures say that when you have lust in your heart, it's as if you have, it's as if you have committed the act in person. You do not have to strangle somebody. If you already hate them, you've murdered them in your heart brothers and sisters. So as the devil is throwing his fiery darts at us, his temptations toward us, you and I must decide every single day to put on this breastplate of righteousness that is obeying the word of God. Every single day you and I are putting on this breastplate of righteousness that is dependent on each and every single one of our faiths, brothers and sisters. And so when I preached a sermon what was it, maybe half a year ago on what it was to be in a spiritual warfare, I was not kidding when I said that I am meditating every single day, Lord, what does my sword look like? Lord, how big is my shield of faith? Lord, what does my armor look like? I was not being poetic or ironic when I was talking about, Lord, what does my armor look like today? Because I can tell you every single day, that my armor is not what it could be, brothers and sisters. There are days where I am as bold as a lion. I am like the righteous man who, has, who is as bold as a lion, and I'm advancing the kingdom of God, and we're doing work, brothers and sisters. And there's other days where I'm cowering, and I really don't want to get into the battle. I kind of want to stay in the back and let somebody else do the fighting. There are days where I do doubt my salvation, and this helmet, which should be the hope of my salvation, for some reason is not on me, brothers and sisters. There are days where I am not in the word of God and the devil is throwing his arrows at me and I cannot fight back with my sword. My sword looks a little bit like, what was the joke? It looks like a little butter knife at that point because I'm not in my word. I'm not able to return and wrestle with the devil because every single day I am making a choice to put on this armor brothers and sisters. Every single day, I am making a choice to put on this breastplate of righteousness. It was not a flu shot, brothers and sisters, when you came to Christ. When you came to Christ, you didn't take your once-for-all flu shot. That means you're going to heaven and everything is going to be okay. In fact, what did Alex teach us two weeks ago? He said, very often, your feelings are not going to be on your side. He said, very often, your emotions are not going to help you brothers and sisters. Very often you're going to have to do the opposite of how you feel, brothers and sisters. Very often you will have to make a conscious choice to walk in this armor and to believe that you will overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. I like how Alex quoted from the epistle of 1 John, young men, you have overcome the evil one. Young men, you have overcome the evil one. There are days where I feel like I have overcome the evil one, and there are days where I feel like the evil one has overcome me, brothers and sisters. But what is the spiritual battle? The spiritual battle is taking the Word of God, taking the truth, and 
transforming our mind and renewing it by that same word. This spiritual warfare is a battle of your mind, brothers and sisters. This spiritual warfare is a battle of what is true and what is a lie. And when the devil is lying to you, are you able to, with your armor, correct that lie with the truth, brothers and sisters? I like how Stan said that we stand firm in the faith. When we stand firm and the devil looks at us and he sees that we are fully decked in our armor, he flees from us, brothers and sisters. This is true. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you, brothers and sisters. This breastplate of righteousness is something that we put on every single day by choice. This is an armor. This is a piece of armor that we put on in obedience to the Word of God, in our faithfulness to what the Word of God says, and in our godly behaviors and in our attitudes, brothers and sisters. This breastplate is something that we practice by our godly conduct. And this is where where I want to take a note from this belt of truth, because both of them are so very connected, brothers and sisters. Some of you might have noticed that depending on your translation, it says, having put on the belt of truth, or it said, having girded your waist with truth, or having girded your loins with truth. If you take this verse in the Greek, it would be more along the latter, having girded your waist with truth. Why is this important? The emphasis here is not so much on objective truth, because in the armor, as we see it described, all of them describe a different aspect of this armor of God. And we see the objective truth in the sword. We see it in the word of truth. We see the objective word of God in the sword. When it comes to the belt of truth or having girded our loins with truth, it's talking about a subjective truth. What do I mean? It's talking about truthfulness, brothers and sisters. It's saying having girded your waist and loins with truthfulness, with sincerity, brothers and sisters. Your armor, this whole armor that we're going to be studying on, involves around being girded together with sincerity and with truthfulness without hypocrisy, brothers and sisters. When it comes to your faith and my faith, the second that you and I are insincere, the second that you and I are not actually genuine, the second that you and I are like a pretense putting this armor on and looking really good, is the second that our armor starts falling off a little bit, brothers and sisters. That's the second that our breastplate starts getting a little bit loose. That's the second that our waist that was supposed to be girded with sincerity and with truthfulness starts to be insincere. It starts to be ungenuine. And that's when all of our Christianity, all of our armor starts falling apart, brothers and sisters. This breastplate of righteousness and all of the rest of the armor, for the most part, is held together by this belt of truthfulness. And if your Christianity, if your armor is held together by pretense, if it's held together by insincerity, if your righteousness is held together by something that is fake, something that is just for show, something that just looks good but is actually hypocrisy, your armor will fall apart in the evil day. When you actually go to fight the devil, you will not overcome him. Because everything that should have been held together by truth, truthfulness, sincerity, is actually insincerity. It is not genuine. It is hypocritical. And all of it is loose. Your armor is not fastened together. 
all of that which is dangling is still there, and it is something that the devil will take, and he will exploit it in you. And your armor will not be useful whatsoever if your faith is not genuine and your faith is not sincere. Your breastplate will not do you any good if it's falling apart because your faith is insincere, brothers and sisters. Your shield will not do you any good, and the sheath that holds your sword is not going to do you any good if it's always falling apart or loose because your faith is fake, brothers and sisters. If your Christianity is laced with hypocrisy, don't be surprised if you're falling into temptations all the time, brothers and sisters, because everything is held together. This breastplate and this sheath and this shield and everything is being held together by this belt that's put on very first, and it's put on first for a reason. It's to keep all of it nice and tightly together. If your faith is insincere, if your faith has hypocrisy, if you are not genuine, it does not matter how nice your breastplate looks. It doesn't matter how your faith looks externally from the outside. It doesn't matter if you have the verses memorized. It doesn't matter if you have the right preachers named. If you say, yes, I listen to X, Y, and Z. Yes, I have this Bible. Yes, I've read the Bible from beginning to end. That does not matter if it's done insincerely. If that faith is not genuine, if that belt of truthfulness is not truthful, then everything is loose and your armor will fail. Your armor will fall off in that evil day. And when you go to wrestle against the devil, you will find it difficult to withstand him because everything that should have been held together by sincere faith, genuine faith, truthfulness was actually loose. It was insincere. It was ungenuine. And it was fake brothers and sisters. This breastplate of righteousness and this belt of truth are so tightly put together. They belong together because if this righteousness is not sincere, it quickly becomes hypocritical. It, you become a Pharisee so quickly. What was the problem with the Pharisees? Their spirituality, their breastplate of righteousness was for pretense. It was only for show and it was fake and it did not do them any good. In fact, we heard read in the Bible reading, and that's where I wanted to turn to as I end my sermon is this. It looks like it helps, but it offers you absolutely nothing when it comes to actually having victory over sin. When someone gives you a rule or a regulation to make you look spiritual, it actually gives you no value whatsoever when it comes to actually having victory over sin. Let us turn to Colossians chapter 2 and let us read about the victory that God has given us and let us read about the vanity of having righteousness in only appearance. Colossians chapter 2 and let's start reading from verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Brothers and sisters, your victory is only found in Jesus Christ. Every principality and power, every spiritual host and wicked thing, everything that is revolving around us spiritually and is looking to harm us 
was disarmed at the cross of Jesus Christ. It literally says that all of our sins, the handwriting of requirements, was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. If you were to take all of your sins and list them out from beginning to end, God took them and he nailed them to the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is why the devil does not have any hold on you, brothers and sisters. If you are in Christ, there is no chain. There is no bondage. He does not have anything against you because all of your sins were nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. When we think of spiritual warfare, we must remember that we do have the victory and it is guaranteed in Jesus Christ. This armor that he has offered to us is given to us to wage war against the devil and to be victorious. When we read that it says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, this word wrestle literally means to take someone and put them to the ground and hold them by the throat. This is why I love learning from the Greek language, brothers and sisters. We read about wrestling, and the Greeks had it even better than I had it. When we wrestle against the devil, we take him, we put him to the ground, and we have him by the throat. We are victorious, brothers and sisters, not by our own strength, but by the strength of Jesus Christ. Because all of our sins were nailed to the cross, we too can say that Satan has been trampled under our feet. He has been crushed. Jesus has bruised him with his heel, and we are victorious. And continuing in Colossians chapter 2, let's see what it has to do with regulations and laws and false humility when it comes to false righteousness, the appearance of righteousness, the appearance of being protected. Let's see what it says, starting at verse 16. Let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up, by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Brothers and sisters, let no one cheat you regarding your reward. There are those of you who will tell you that your salvation in Jesus was not enough. You need a little bit more. You need to start adding some more rules into your life. You need to start adding regulations into your life. What's an easy example? You're not allowed to eat pork, brothers and sisters. You're not allowed to eat shrimp, brothers and sisters. How many times have we heard that, brothers and sisters? How many times have we told that you need to present yourself in a certain way? How many times have we heard stories of people say literally that you can't wear a tie because it points down to hell, brothers and sisters? How many times have I heard of people who are living their life and for whatever reason, they're being bogged down by rules that someone threw on top of them. And these rules offer nothing when it comes to true spirituality. These rules offer nothing. They are just a pretense. They are just for show. And they will not help you when it comes to wearing your armor and putting on your breastplate of righteousness. Let us continue from verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against 
the indulgence of the flesh. Brothers and sisters, as we continue this series, and as I finish my sermon today, I want you to know when it comes to the breastplate of righteousness, when it comes to our faith, it must be girded with sincerity. It must be girded with truthfulness. Our righteousness, this breastplate is based on our godly behaviors, our godly conduct, and they are not done in pretense, brothers and sisters. If they are done in pretense, if they're just done as show, if they're just done to look like they protect us, but they, are, they actually hinder us, they are pointless, brothers and sisters. The rules and regulations that make us look spiritual give us no help whatsoever when it actually comes to victory over sin. There is only one thing that can actually help us overcome sin, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in him and we receive his righteousness, we begin to become conformed to that righteousness. We take the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, and as a mirror, God is slowly reflecting that into our own lives, and we start to wear our own breastplate of righteousness that mirrors his righteousness. We are to cleanse ourselves from all defilements, from all fleshly vanities and temptations, and only then will we be able to wrestle against the devil. Because when the devil throws his arrows at us, when he shoots his fiery darts at us, the best defense is having on a righteousness that does not succumb to temptation, brothers and sisters. Having a godliness that stays away from sin. A godliness that tells us, I will not allow my eyes to see that which will tempt me or poison my mind. A righteousness that says, I will not dwell in fellowship with evil. I will not dwell in the tents of wickedness, but I will be a gatekeeper in the house of my God. The righteousness that says, I will abide in his word. I will abide in prayer. And if that starts off small, five minutes a day, that starts off as something small, praying five minutes a day. We shouldn't stay there. It should grow. It should be more. But we start small and we grow in victory ever so slowly, brothers and sisters. And as time passes, as Christians, and we start to imagine what our armor looks like, we start meditating on the Word of God, and we can be confident and bold that God has given us the victory. Because there's nothing that we can do. There's absolutely nothing that we can do but he has disarmed it all at the cross of Jesus Christ. Let us bow and let us pray.